Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Local people, local stories. This is the All Local from 1010 Wins. I'm Larry Mullins, and here are today's top local stories. Down on the Florida coast, the word from officials to anyone who chose to ride out the storm, hunker down. Ian has started to inch his way, and we do mean inch at 10 miles per hour onto the shores in places like Fort Myers, Florida. The eyewall starting to show up now. I'm looking at monitors here in the newsroom showing a stop sign, a stop sign that is bent in half, bending over right now. Heavy rains and devastating storm surges in the cards, folks. We want to check in with our weather center. AccuWeather meteorologist Brian Thompson for the latest. And Brian, you told me earlier until the actual eyewall is over the land, they're just getting the early fringe of what's to come, right? Well, the the uh, the eye walls uh, firmly on land now. At least the eastern part of the uh, the eye wall area that's moving through the uh, Fort Myers area, through uh, Port Charlotte toward Northport, Venice. That's where it's really bad right now. It's kind of the northern section of the eye wall, uh, and the western eye wall looks uh, looks pretty nasty on the radar. So uh, there's more to come here. Uh, that's uh, more really uh, strong winds and uh, more storm surge to come here. The uh, the storm is, it appears to have made landfall along uh, some of the outer islands of uh, Florida. We do have the eye which is a fairly wide eye, uh, starting to actually bring some of that clearing. Remember, the, the, the eye of the storm is uh, relatively calm, and that's now making it over toward Cape Coral, a lot of some, uh, some of the outer islands toward Captiva Island, Sanibel Island still in the eye uh, as well. So this storm's slowly moving off to the north and northeast. Uh, in addition to the wind and the very catastrophic storm surge we're seeing along a lot of this area, uh, we're going to see a lot of rain across Florida. We're looking at the potential for one to two feet of rain, mm. especially just to the north of the storm track from Tampa and uh, Sarasota area over toward Orlando. So, right. Brian, this thing was teetering around the edge of becoming a Category 5, which is the highest classification, I understand. Can anything withstand a Category 5 or 4, for that matter? Because I remember Katrina was only a 3 when it came ashore in Louisiana all those years ago. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's very tough to withstand Category 5 uh, hurricane winds, because usually you're, you're seeing strong winds for such a long period of time at very high speeds. And we see even with tornadoes, uh, there could be a lot of damage just from a, a split second of strong winds. Uh, so yeah, it's very hard. If you remember Hurricane Andrew back in 92 in South Florida, uh, parts of Homestead were just wiped off the map. Now, building codes have been strengthened down in Florida since then, uh, but a, a lot of buildings cannot withstand those kind of winds. Mm, okay. Stand by, Brian. We'll be checking back in with you. You're going to be busy for the next couple of days, my brother. <laughs> Governor Ron DeSantis got on the horn today, says this is going to be a, quote, nasty, nasty two days. He says people along the path of the storm should simply hunker down at this point in safest, uh, the safest place possible for shelter and just stay there. Even two hours ago, folks in places like Sanibel near Fort Myers were already reporting swirling waters halfway up the mailboxes. 
Bloomberg reporter Will Wade is in Fort Myers, in fact, spoke with us on Newsline, called in and spoke with Bridget, says the surge could get as high as 18 feet. That's huge. It's huge. And that's one of the things that our weather reporter is always telling people. It's like, don't necessarily pay attention to just the wind speeds, although the winds here are also amazing. It, the surge can cause a lot of damage. 18 feet of water is nothing to ignore. No, it is not. And in Tampa Bay, a big concern yesterday we talked about on this show would appear the storm would hit there first, leaving the basin perilously uh, vulnerable to overflooding. Well, just the opposite is happening. The storm is sucking all of the water out of the bay. It's drawing everything out, and you can almost see the murky, muddy bottom of the thing is what we're hearing. But it won't stay that way for long. Oh, no. Meantime, in Washington, President Biden repeating what he said yesterday to the people of Florida. Your government has your back, but you have to help. The storm is incredibly dangerous, to state the obvious. It's life-threatening. You should obey all warnings and directions from emergency officials. Don't take anything for granted. Use their judgment, not yours. Yeah, the president ordering all federal agencies now to check the shelves and be prepared to throw anything you've got at Florida based on the needs once this storm passes. And then this heartbreaking note into the newsroom, a boat carrying about two dozen migrants sank, leaving about two dozen people missing out there as Ian lashes the Florida coast. That's according to the Border Patrol. Four people on the boat made it to shore and informed officials about the rest. Stay with 1010 Winds for the very latest updates. Quite a situation down there. It is official with more than 668,000 customers without uh, without power in Florida. It has just been noted that Hurricane Ian has made landfall as a Category 4 storm and everything that goes along with that. That's according to the National Hurricane Center. Again, thousands already without power there in Florida. As a result, we will have continuing coverage here on 1010 Win. Stay with us. Heads up, drivers. Police are cracking down on the vehicles left clogging up the parking spots or in some cases abandoned in the West Farm section of the Bronx. The massive NYPD tow trucks started hooking up and carting off tractor trailers and other vehicles along Tillotson Avenue. Several community members have told us some of these trucks park here for a long time. Some are derelict. Uh, People leave their trucks here. Uh, unregistered. That's Captain Andrew Johnson of the 45th Precinct who says some are abandoned, but not this shiny semi. He's getting a summons, but he'll be driving off. Now, where are you putting this vehicle? Not sure. Not sure. I'm just going to leave for work, I guess, and then I come back till next week. He lives nearby and says there are no places to keep large trucks. Parking lots are usually limited in size. Juliet Papa, 1010 Winds in the Bronx. Our Brooklyn man under arrest now for allegedly attacking his 81-year-old neighbor. NYPD Chief of Detectives James Essex says the victim was stirred out of bed by some kind of a loud noise in the middle of the night yesterday. She got up to went and uh, went to investigate, found some guy uh, sitting in the living room of her Brownsville apartment. He choked her, it says here, until she passed out. We don't know what happened next, but Chief Essex says it wasn't long before detectives tracked down 50-year-old Thomas Johnson and hauled him off to jail. Detectives obtained a search warrant for his apartment and his person. Recovered was a bloody T-shirt and his bloody clothing. He is presently charged with assault, second degree, for an elderly female over 65 years old, strangulation and burglary. The woman was treated at the hospital for a dislocated jaw. There's been no word on a motive for that attack, but authorities say Johnson is a registered sex offender. And when the victim was found, various articles of her clothing were missing. 
Back here, the hunt is on in Upper Manhattan for a man who's now linked to at least three sexual assaults. Police putting up signs around Fort Tryon Park this morning with a picture of who they want to speak to in connection with now three sexual assaults along the Hudson River Greenway, the last here in the park Saturday. Maddie walking her dog concerned but says she's careful. My partner, he takes the dog out when it's like dark outside. If it's sunlight and, you know, she wants to walk, then we'll walk. The assaults all happening, however, during the day. Police connected the first two on September 14th and 18th at 163rd Street to the assault Saturday. Some women here not worried. I walk in this park every day for years and I feel fine. The suspect's face unclear in the police photos, which show him on an e-scooter. You can see them at TentimWins.com. Samantha Liepman, Tintin Wins in Fort Tryon Park. Also tonight, two people under arrest in the caught-on-camera armed robbery at the Leaders of Tomorrow International Ministry out in Canarsie. 23-year-old Jawan Anderson and 23-year-old Saquon Pollock accused of pulling a gun on the ministry's pastor, Bishop Lamore Whitehead. This as he was preaching to his congregation, then storming off with a $100,000 worth of jewelry. There had been speculation the robbery was staged, but NYPD Chief of Detectives James Essex says that wasn't the case. If, if you look, there's a pattern throughout the city, uh, throughout the last four, few years, high-end jewelry robberies being targeted. The pastor live streams, he, he has high-end jewelry robberies, so we suspect it's that. Yeah, they're still looking for a third person in that robbery. Well, opening arguments today in the trial of an ex-NYPD officer whose son froze to death in his center of Moritz's garage two years ago. Michael Valva charged with second-degree murder and four counts of endangering the welfare of a child. His ex-fiancee, Angela Polina, also charged. Both could get up to 25 years to life in prison if convicted. They'll be tried separately. Last year, the judge in the case ruled that a jury would be allowed to see surveillance videos of the home where eight-year-old Thomas Valva died in the family garage in February 2020. Prosecutors say the boy was left overnight with no blankets as the temperatures plummeted to 19 degrees. The defense argues it was an accident, but prosecutors say the eight-year-old and two of his siblings were abused. Well, the latest Siena poll numbers are out, and it's showing Democrats dominating all of the contested statewide races in New York, with incumbents holding double-digit advantages over Republican challengers. That includes the gubernatorial race. Governor Hochul leads Republican Lee Zeldin by 17 points. The Siena College poll says she has 57% of likely voters, compared to 37% for Zeldin. Among suburban downstate voters, she has a 5% lead, and in upstate areas, Zeldin leads by 1%. He he also leads independence by 3%. Pollster Steve Greenberg says Zeldin has an image problem. He is not particularly well known to the voters. It's not like those voters who know him really like him. They're evenly divided. And with six weeks to go until Election Day, what's the biggest issue for voters? It really is economic issues that voters say right now is what is driving their vote. Crime came in third. Carol DeUria, 1010 Means News. Early voting starts in just a few weeks. Also today, New York will ante up $50 million to back the blue. That's an initiative touted by Governor Hochul that'll boost local law enforcement by purchasing equipment like cameras, license plate readers, etc. The governor spoke at a conference of police officials from around the state today. It's about being targeted. It's about saying, we know this zip code. We know how to watch this. We know where we can put cameras. We know we can put license plate readers. That is how hands-on all of you can be with the resources that we're happy to announce here today. In addition, the governor supports spending at least $20 million to expand pretrial services, especially in the wake of a contentious debate over bail reform laws. And she left the conference with these words to all the agencies gathered. You'll never hear the words defund the police from me or anybody in my administration. 
Hogel says, in fact, we're doing the opposite. Downtown, big city council hearing today to talk about solitary confinement at Rikers, among other controversies. Folks who are lined up on both sides of the issue have shown up at the meeting. Needless to say, it's a hot potato. What began as a rally by correction officers demanding solitary confinement or punitive segregation for unruly inmates at Rikers Island soon developed into a shouting match between their union and the families of inmates who demand an end to solitary. The union shouted, safe jails now. Patty Ferriola is president of the Correction Captains Union. Officers are beat up every single day on Rikers Island. Serious assaults. Officers going to the hospital. The families chanted, solitary has got to go. Tamara Carter's son was an inmate at Rikers and died there. I'm holding up the picture of my son who they killed through solitary confinement. Mayor Adams is siding with the unions on this one in direct opposition to his Democratic colleagues. Carol DeUri, your 1010 wins at City Hall. Meantime, cops are looking for the driver of a van which dragged an officer this morning in the Bronx. He was trying to make a traffic stop about 8.30, pulled over a gray Ford van on Clinton Avenue. May I see your license, please? Says here the driver, instead of pulling out his license, pulled out a gun, then sped off with the cop hanging on the side of the van. He eventually fell off and into the street. He's okay, expected to fully recover, but he's got shoulder, arm, and leg pain. They are still looking for that driver. Thanks for listening to the all-local from 1010 Winds. And for the latest news, traffic, and weather, tune to 1010 Winds, visit 1010winds.com, or download the Odyssey app to take us wherever you go. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.